Okay, so anyone who knows me, and honestly, at this point, anyone who listens to the podcast, because I guess we've just (laughs) gotten real close around here, knows that I do not wear bras. And like, that's not some sort of an over-exaggeration. You can ask any of my friends. I truly do not ever wear bras. However, there have recently been some circumstances where like, I just have to. I've been saying yes to more things. I feel like we've been going to more events and there are just some outfits. I got to do it. And when I tell you I have finally found a bra that makes wearing one bearable. Like I'm never going to be an everyday bra wearer. It's not in the cars for me. But when I have to, the only bras I can wear are skims, which I'll get into the specific ones in a second, but we all know this comes as no surprise. Like I have been an OG diehard skims fan since day one. I am a fan of every single product they make. You know the way I feel about the underwear, the clothes, all of it. But now adding bras to the mix, specifically the Fits Everybody t-shirt bra, because You guys know the way I feel about the Fits Everybody collection. I could talk about that for forever, but specifically the t-shirt bra, it's just so comfortable. I don't know, the straps don't dig into you. It's probably the only bra I've ever worn where when I get home, I'm not like dying to take it off, which I cannot express how massive of a feat that is for someone like me. It's just comfortable and it just does what it needs to do. And I am such a fan, which like no surprise, I love everything Skims makes, but here to confirm the bras are as good as you would think that they are. Shop Skims Bras at skims.com, now available in 62 sizes, 30A through 46H. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know we sent you. After you place your order, select podcast in the survey and select our show in the drop-down menu that follows. Hi guys, I'm Emma. And I'm Julie. And welcome back to another episode of our Kardashian bonus show. Hi Jewel. I am. Can you believe we're at the season six finale? I really can't. Although, Em, this season really has been one hell of a ride. I am sorry, but there is something about Chris Humphreys proposing to Kim Kardashian with rose petals on the floor of her bedroom in her Beverly Hills home that just took me out. I knew it was coming. I've seen that scene one million times, but there's something about watching it after you've you know, been watching the show chronologically that really just changes the experience. It somehow caught me off guard that he did it in that way. Like, yes, I've seen that scene a million times. Somehow it still caught me off guard that he was in her bedroom with a proposal spelled out in rose petals. And then honestly, it caught me off guard that he even did it in the first place. Well, that's kind of the whole thing. The elephant in the room is that you can't believe this is taking place in the first place. By the way, two things we absolutely have to mention before even getting into the episode. I honestly forgot about this until we were doing the outline. But if you guys remember, after Chris and Kim got divorced, Chris Humphreys filed a fraud suit against Kris Jenner. And in 2013, Life and Style obtained the court documents, and there was an article from Daily Mail. I have to read it to you. Keeping up with the Kardashians, executive producer Russell J took part in a deposition last month, and a transcript of his testimony has emerged. Life and Style obtained court documents from the deposition as part of Chris's fraud case against Chris Jenner. Jay revealed Kim didn't like her reaction during Chris's proposal, so asked for the scene to be reshot. Quote, I remember Kim, she didn't know he was going to propose at that moment, Jay said, and she came in and she was completely surprised, and I think she had a bad reaction or something, and she was embarrassed. So she said, can we just like have me come back in one more time and be really surprised? Because she had no idea what was going to happen. It was in her bedroom. Meaning in the fraud case that Chris Humphreys brought against Kris Jenner, he cited this example of Kim wanting to reshoot the proposal scene. (laughs) Tell me if you agree with me or if this is just like our extreme bias in the situation. But like as more details emerge about the aftermath of 
Chris and Kim's relationship as we watch these episodes and we really zone in on the things that happened prior to the wedding and prior to the proposal. To me, every single thing that comes out is just like, Chris, you're the one that like played yourself here. Like, you know how our entire view of the <laughs> diamond earring scene changed once we were like, wait a second. It would have been like way weirder for Kim to not cry in that moment. Like, why was she considered a brat for crying? To me, that's like the appropriate reaction. That's how I feel with everything that Chris Humphreys is saying. It's like, wait, why are we blaming Kim for this? Like, you are clearly equally as wrong, if not more. Right. And also you are dating like the most famous reality television star in the world. That That's the thing. My constant reaction when learning more about all of this is like, what did you expect? Right. It's like, here you have this example that you're trying to give of this was all for television and I was played by the Kardashians and Chris and Kim set this up. Like, And here's me citing this example of when I proposed, Kim walked out of the room and then wanted to redo her shot, redid it and walked back in again. The two things here is like, that's Kim through and through. Like if you know Kim, nothing about that is surprising. But the other thing is, how is that... <laughs> How is that against her? You are the one that still married her after knowing that that happened. Right. You're just watching this in a constant state of confusion. And we were talking about this either last week or the week before of saying, you know, at this point, knowing everything we know, we understand how Kim got here. It was clearly the wrong decision, but it makes sense given what else was going on in her life. It wasn't until rewatching this season that I started to consider it from Chris Humphrey's angle. And I'm like, wait a second. I don't understand from you because you didn't have the same pulls of your sisters getting married and feeling that pressure and feeling these other outside pressures. Like you really were just madly in love with a woman who so clearly had a lot of attributes that you actually can't stand in a person. You have this clear dynamic between Chris and Kim where Chris is clearly the responsible one in the relationship, or at least that's how Chris views himself to be. For example, this fight that they get into during this episode, which we'll get into where Chris is the one that is taking responsibility for their finances. And, and, and that is a huge point of contention between them because he feels that Kim is entirely irresponsible and he has a very set way in which he wants to do things. And so what you're watching him do is continuously ignore all of these glaring red flags about Kim that are just entirely opposite of the way that he operates and the responsibility in which he deems himself to operate within. But also the biggest aspect of that is how rushed this whole timeline was. Like that is such a contrast to the responsibility and the the personality that Chris Humphreys puts out. Well, right, because they get back from Bora Bora and then three weeks later is when Chris Humphreys takes Caitlin to the golf course to ask her her permission to marry Kim, you know? So the whole thing happens very fast, especially since Bora Bora was really the first time Chris got one-on-one -on -one time with the family. We will get into all of that. I know the episode ends with a proposal, but I would like to just start with this. You know, a theme we talk about a lot in Kardashian relationships is these massive overcorrections where many times they'll date someone and the next person they date is so clearly intentionally in the opposite direction. And to me, there's no more perfect example of that than the Chris Humphreys to Kanye West pipeline. And if you want to just sum it up in one anecdote, like here, Chris Humphreys specifically proposing in Kim's Beverly Hills home in her bedroom. He felt that that was intimate. He even says in his confessional, you know, I love how simple our love is. And so that's one of the reasons he wants to do it in her bedroom. We then fast forward two years later because Chris proposed in May 2011. They're married in August 2011. And by October 2011, Kim has already filed for divorce. 
October 2013 is when Kanye proposes. And if you guys remember, he rented out AT&T Park in San Francisco. He had Kim blindfolded onto the completely dark baseball field. There was a 50-piece orchestra serenading her. Her entire family was there. I mean, it was the definition of a production. And I know that's just one small element to a far larger relationship. But like those two examples to me are so exemplary of the differences in who they are as people. It's interesting having this conversation now comparing Chris Humphreys to Kanye because there's obviously a difference in the way we are going to speak about Kanye versus if we were having this conversation and recapping these episodes, let's say five years ago. But really, if you were to take every step of this relationship and every step of the way that Chris treated Kim or the way that Chris judged Kim or any single difference in in their personalities and then compared it to Kim's relationship with Kanye. I mean, you could take every single detail and never stop. The difference is comparing it now is all of these things are in retrospect and they don't carry much weight because of the way, you know, obviously things went down with Kanye. If we were having this conversation, like I said, five years ago, we would be touching on every single point, I feel like. Oh, totally. I mean, it's a completely different conversation now that everything has happened with Kanye in the way that it has. I just think generally speaking, you know, we're constantly talking about who Kim is going to date next. What's that going to look like? And if we want to use history as a guide for a second, there has been a lot of overcorrection in her past. And even in the most recent example, and it's it's not a fair comparison because of the you know, intensity levels in their two relationships. But like Pete Davidson is a pretty massive overcorrection from Kanye. You're going from a guy that is so hyper-focused on every single detail, almost in a way that is controlling to Pete Davidson, who I think has always struck us as just a super simple guy, very laid back, wouldn't even think about the things that Kanye would think about. And I actually think for Kim, that was appealing. That was a breath of fresh air. You know, and if you look at Chris Humphreys to Kanye, I think that Kim initially was probably taken and amazed by the attention to detail and the emphasis on materialistic things and not judging that lifestyle of hers. And so, you know, as we go into this next era of Kim, like we have to take these little pieces and see what she's going to keep, what she's going to take, because I think at different phases of her life, things have served her. However, I don't think a guy that's too simple or a guy that's too into all of this is going to work. Right. And that's what we always say. It's going to be so interesting to see the person that Kim then dates next and what corrections are made there, because it does seem to be a very, very consistent pattern with her dating life. So I know we're all kind of operating at a different skill level when it comes to makeup. Like I have some friends who they do their makeup and it looks like they got it professionally done. I have others who know nothing about any products. And then I would say I'm somewhere in the middle, like by no means am I very skilled, but I think I can hold my own. And in terms of my everyday, I'm just doing mascara, lip gloss, and maybe a little bit of highlighter on my inner corner. So if I'm only using a few products, I need them to be excellent. And I've recently been very into the Thrive Cosmetics Mascara, which I'll tell you about in a second, but just in general, a note on the company. For every product purchase, Thrive Cosmetics donates products and funds to help communities thrive, which I just love knowing that I'm buying from a company that does that. And in terms of their mascara, so it's the Liquid Lash Extensions Mascara. You guys have seen that. It's the viral turquoise tube. I've saw it all over social media before I ever started using it. And it's a unique formula that creates tubes around each eyelash to lengthen them. It's also super easy to remove. So it slides right off with warm water. It doesn't leave smudges. And the ingredients are really nourishing. So they support longer, stronger, and healthier looking lashes over time. It really just gets the job done. Like you will see what I mean when you try it. Refresh your everyday look with Thrive Cosmetics, luxury beauty that gives back. 
Right now, you can get an exclusive 10% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com slash CBC. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S dot com slash CBC for 10% off your first order. Let's talk about something near and dear to our hearts, our furry companions. Life is full of unexpected twists, just like the ones we love to uncover about our favorite celebs. But sometimes those twists involve our four-legged friends. Imagine navigating the unpredictable world of pet parenthood, where every day is a new adventure. Our partner, Spot Pet Insurance, wants to share a message to help make sure you're prepared for any unexpected curveballs, whether it's a sudden illness or an unplanned trip to the vet. Spot Pet Insurance can be your secret weapon against the unexpected. With Spot, you can get up to 90% cash back on eligible vet bills, helping you with those surprising expenses that seem to pop up when you least expect them. But wait, there's more. Spot Pet Insurance plans go beyond just offering coverage for accidents and illnesses. You can enhance your plan with their preventive care benefit ensuring that routine wellness, vaccines, and more can be covered too. Head over to spotpet.com today to get a quote instantly. Trust us, it's the easiest thing you'll do to help secure the well-being of your dog or cat. Visit www.spotpet.com today. Paid ad from Spot Pet Insurance. Waiting periods, annual deductible, coinsurance, benefit limits, and exclusions may apply. For all terms, visit spotpetins.com slash sample hyphen policy. Insurance plans are underwritten by either Independence American Insurance Company or United States Fire Insurance Company and produced by Spot Pet Insurance Services, LLC. I'll tell you right now, when Kim posted those selfies yesterday in the black bikini, I was thinking to myself, I would love to see her DMs. Not even because I saw that and I thought that it was Kim doing you know, a thirst trap for male attention. Like I really don't. I think that they're relaunching the Skim Swim Shop and she's doing the necessary promo since it's coming out on Friday. But like, it is just such an interesting thing to think about because even the most famous, the most well-connected people are not immune to a DM slide. Like you talk about some very celebrity couples that have started their relationship from a little casual DM slide. And I just think that that is happening to her constantly, but not just from like anybody that's trying to, like, I think very famous men are probably sliding in. I know it sounds crazy because like you would think that we would have had this discussion every single day of our lives, but I've actually like not thought about that before. I know. I think that because it's Kim for some reason, we don't think about it like that, but I'm telling you it happens. Like maybe she is not a good example of somebody that would actually take someone up on it, but it's, there's totally people shooting their shots. And by people, I mean like people that she would maybe actually consider if they were brought to her by an agent or by a mutual friend. Okay. When I say that I haven't considered it, I'm like now having this moment of like, I've actually never thought about that in the grander scheme of celebrities where I'm like, Kim, other celebrities probably have other male celebrities that they consider their reply guys. (laughs) That's what I'm saying. When Kim posts something like that, you're going to tell me that there's not a couple NBA players and many other people that we're not even aware of that are sliding in with a fire emoji or the eyes or something. Like, yes, she's Kim Kardashian, but she's still like a hot woman. Oh my God. I've literally never thought about the concept of celebrities having celebrity reply guys. I'm literally having a moment of like, I have to see what her DM, I have to see what everyone's DMs look like. Isn't that just like an amazing thing to visualize? Wow. Yes. Like, oh my God. I'm like picturing him posting a story, like a, a thirst trap story And then like all of the heart eyes, like all of the fire emojis rolling in, rolling in, rolling in. But like it's all blue check marks. Like it's all actual famous people. Not even just like 
blue check marks that slide in and get through because they like happen to have a blue check mark. I mean, like, oh my God, her team is like, I- I'm actually having a moment of like, that's the craziest thing I've ever thought of. I know. And I'm so happy you're having this moment. I like, I can feel it. I'll tell you though, if I was choosing, Kim wouldn't be the one person that I would want to see their DMs because I think there's a lot going on, but I don't think there's as much going on as maybe someone else, just because I think that people maybe wouldn't expect her to reply or engage, whereas they probably would expect to have a better rate of reply with someone else that maybe was more active in the DMs. But like, yeah, amazing thing to to see. And you know how like Harper's Bazaar or whatever does what's in my bag? Somebody needs to what's do a segment DMs? of like what's in my DMs. Yeah. If you could have access to one person's DMs, who would you pick then? I know. I would say, I, there's a chance that I say Kim still. Wait, wait, hold on. If we actually want to do this, this is too broad of a game to do effectively. It can't just be whose DMs because obviously there's so many non-romantic type things that you'd want to know business-wise, friendships, like there's a million. We have to narrow it down to the conversation we were having previously, which is whose DMs do you want to see solely for the purpose of seeing who's sliding in with romantic intentions? Right. Like, yes, of course I would want access. Like that's a different game if I just want access to their DMs. That's that's a separate conversation. But thirst trap specific is like very easy to narrow down who you would want. Like, I gotta say, like, if for me, it's Kim over Kylie. If we're just comparing those two, obviously we can broaden this game. For me, it's Kim over Kylie because I think it's a lot bolder to shoot your shot with Kim than it is to shoot your shot with Kylie. I don't know why though. Maybe because Kylie's younger. Right. Okay. Exactly, though. If it's bolder, wouldn't it make you think that less people would probably do it? Um, which yes, as, which- less, less people, but I guess more specific people, like people with with like like the the person that would reply to a Kim thirst trap would be more interesting to me by name than somebody that would reply to Kylie's. Wait, wait, just quick fantasy for a second. Okay. Kim posts those selfies she did a few days ago laying down in the black bikini and you have access to her phone for an hour and all of a sudden you're on her DMs and you see Michael B. Jordan sent her her own photo, which is a very specific type of move. That's not a guy just replying to your story. That's a guy acknowledging the photo, making it known that they don't want to make their comment public. They want you to know that they saw it and that they have something to say about it. And you are on Kim's phone when the Michael B. Jordan DM comes through. It's like, Michael B. Jordan sent you a post by Kim Kardashian, but you're Kim Kardashian and you open it and it's just like him, even just the eye emoji, I would lose my motherfucking mind. I I need you to know, like, I will not stop thinking about this for the entire day. I, okay, let's play, let's play a quick game and then we'll move on to the actual episode. I know we're getting really derailed there. Let's throw out two celebrities and you tell me like Ellen DeGeneres style, which one you would want to see more. Kim or Kylie? Okay. Uh, I I was thinking Kylie. Now I'm thinking Kim. Quick, quick. Kim. Kim. Quick. Kim. Kim or Kendall? Kim. Honestly, Kendall's probably more popping, but I don't care. Kim. Kim, Kim or Bella Hadid? Kim. <laughs> so it's Kim. It's- Is there anybody else that you can think of off the top of your head that you would want to see more than Kim's? No, like obviously the easiest answer is like Emrata, but it's it's not for me. I don't care enough. It's Emratas are boring to me. Yeah. Listen, I don't want to glaze over Kylie in the way that I just did. It's not like it would be an immediate Kim. I definitely have to think about it for a second. Kylie's a very close second, but you're right. As we're having the conversation, Kim's very high on the list. 
Here's the thing. Let like, me tell you something. Okay. Oh my God. This is the best conversation we have ever had. <laughs> Who are you thinking? I'm going to say something and you are going to agree with me so hard. Lori Harvey? I No. Listen to me. I firmly believe that Kim and Drake have not hooked up. Like I, it gun to my head, I would say to you, it has not happened physically. However, I know Drake is a Kim reply guy. <laughs> I am giddy. I am so giddy from this right now. Drake, a hundred percent, is a reply guy. Part of my- the deepest part of my soul, I know that Drake sent Kim her own post of that bikini selfie with something to say about it, even if it's just the eye emojis, even if it's just like, oh, I can't. Em, I'm actually going to have a heart attack. I'm so excited about this conversation. Well, let me tell you something. I know a reply guy when I see one. And Drake, I love him to death, but that motherfucker is a reply guy. That motherfucker is a reply guy. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, no, 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 no. This is my favorite thing in the entire world. Can we just keep going for like two more minutes before we get into the episode? Uh, M, like I could keep going until the day that I die. I want to go through every single celebrity. I want to guess who their reply guys are. I want to go through every single male celebrity and say whether or not they would be a reply guy. I want to say what would have to be posted in order for them. For example, Harry Styles, not a reply guy. But what would have to be posted for Harry Styles to be like, I have to reply to this right now? Yeah. But that is also a fascinating conversation because then it is so zoned in on like what specifically gets that person going and what have they said in interviews previously that have maybe alluded to that or what is just the vibe that you pick up? Like to me, if I'm comparing Drake and Harry Styles, I feel like Drake would respond well to like overt sex appeal. Whereas I think you're more hard pressed to get a reply from Harry that's like, something very sexual whereas maybe more if it's like artistic with a hint of sexual do you know what I mean you know what Harry is Harry's Mm. the type of guy where you post a thirst trap and then another story and he replies to the other story with the intention of it being because of the thirst trap okay yeah and can I tell you right now I don't mind when a guy does that I actually can respect that move I love it yeah I I, I do too too. I can too it's like it's it, it like it, it it makes me feel like it makes me feel like you got the message, but you didn't do like the thirsty guy thing. Like that is how you do it. Actually, that's a really good hack for somebody who wants to post the thirst trap story is to post the thirst trap with something else because not every guy is going to be bold enough to reply to the thirst trap or not every guy is going to want to reply to the thirst trap because they know the connotation that that has. So you give them something else to reply to. Yeah, you can even do a little like sandwich, you know, scenery, thirst trap, scenery, and then they really can take their pick. It's almost like a buffet. Wait, I was just going to say Justin pre-marriage, like Justin pre-serious relationship, 1,000% reply guy. Justin was responding to every Insta model, I bet. A thousand percent. You know what celebrity probably has fucking incredible reply guys? Like maybe in competition with – a Kylie in competition with a Kim for like who would I'd want to see? Stoss? Lori Harvey. I said Lori Harvey before, a thousand percent. Did you? Oh, yeah, yeah, that's what I was saying to you earlier. Oh, Lori Harvey to me is like up there in Kim category in terms of what that probably looks like. Stoss's DMs probably are on fucking fire too. Yeah. You know what? That's probably the group that has even more because it's 
less intimidating to approach, but they have the connections to the celebs. Like I know, I know Drake's all up in Stas's DMs. Right. You don't think that Drake's ever responded to a, a father Kels thirst trap? Get out of here. Oh my God. I, I, I needed this conversation in a way. Yeah. I didn't even know I needed it. I know. This like inject me. into my actual veins. Have you ever noticed how celebrities have brighter, whiter looking eyes? Their makeup artists have a little secret in their kit. Lumify Redness Reliever Eye Drops. Lumify dramatically reduces redness in just one minute. It literally happens right before your eyes to help them look brighter, whiter, and more awake for up to eight hours. No wonder it's so loved by influencers, celebrities, and makeup artists, and has over 6,000 five-star reviews on Amazon. Lumify is also the number one eye doctor recommended redness reliever eye drop, and it's FDA approved. No bleach, no dyes, plus it's made by the eye care experts at Bausch & Lomb. So whether you're on set, on a date, or running on just a few hours of sleep, you can have eyes that look brighter and whiter with Lumify eye drops. When you try it, you'll see that it's what your eyes have been looking for. Check out lumifyeyes.com to learn more. Okay, so I want to talk cookware for a second because I haven't told you guys about this company and I recently tried their products and I fully understand the hype now. So they're called Great Jones and they make really high quality, thoughtfully designed cookware that also happens to be beautiful. Like I know it's kind of a weird way to describe cookware, but you'll see what I mean when you go on the website. In terms of colors, they have your classic black and white, but they also have pinks, greens, yellows, blues, just like really vibrant, fun colors. And everything is non-toxic. So they have, you know, Dutch oven, ceramic dishes, non-stick sheet pans. Everything is non-toxic to me. That's huge. And we all know, like, I'm not the biggest cook, but I have my staples. And I got originally from them the Fry Family, which is the eight and 10 inch ceramic nonstick pans. And they're just great. I got them in the white because that matches the best with my kitchen. I love cooking on them. And I also, I know, again, it sounds kind of weird, but I love the way they look in my kitchen. And the thing is, once you get these, you're going to want to get them for your friends. So they make incredible gifts for weddings, housewarming parties, birthdays, whatever occasion you need. It's a great gift. Upgrade your kitchen and replace those old rusted hand-me-downs with bold, beautiful, long-lasting pieces from Great Jones. Get started today at greatjones.com and get an extra 15% off your first order with promo code CBC. That's greatjones.com, promo code CBC. Okay, so getting into the actual episode there, a lot of tangents, wouldn't change it for the world. We pick up right where we left off with Chris Humphreys taking Caitlyn to golf, as we discussed, asking Caitlyn's permission to marry Kim. And you see, even Caitlyn has the response of kind of shock based on the seeming abruptness of it. And and Caitlyn says, like, just to confirm, Kim's not pregnant, right? Do you realize that in the Bora Bora episode, at the end of the trip, Chris Humphreys says to Chris Jenner, like, wow, like one of the best parts of the trip for me was being able to spend a week straight with Kim. Like I had not spent that much time with her. And then three weeks later, he's proposing to her. Like it was notable for them to have spent the whole week together. And we are fast forwarding already. to like, I'm going to spend the rest of my life with you. It's just really interesting because I felt that this was a more universal experience. And then I watched something like this and I wonder if maybe it's not. But like for me personally, the idea of marriage is really exciting to me. It's something that I dream about. It's something that I definitely know that I want in my life and I believe will happen. However, the idea of like cohabitating with someone and needing to constantly be with someone and live with someone, even though, you know, you can take steps in your own home to make it a little bit more doable. Maybe you have separate bathrooms, whatever. 
like that stresses me out to no end. And so it's just so wild here how like in such a short amount of time of being with someone one-on-one, they're not even fully living together. You know, this is like the first time they're really in a hotel room together for an extended period of time. They can make that decision. Whereas like for me, it's not the commitment of heart and soul and all that. It's like literally the idea of cohabitation is slightly terrifying to me. And somehow like they're just glossing over that aspect of things as though it's not one of potentially the hardest things to adjust to, you know? I can't believe we just went to my favorite conversation in the world to like my biggest fear in the world. Like, yeah, you're right. The idea of especially Kim, as vain as she is and all of the aspects of Kim that do not mesh with Chris Humphreys, for her to then rush into this fact of like, we are now fully combining our lives. I mean, first of all, he's about to propose to her And in this episode, they don't even know where they're going to be living. Like Kim is describing Chris's apartment in New York City as like a college dorm room. And Kim is saying like, if you want me to move to New York, like we are going to need a bigger space. So not only are we having the conversation of like, you don't 100% know where you're living, whether it's going to be California or LA, Kim is giving up her home in Beverly Hills not probably not giving up, she would be keeping it, but like her main residency to move to New York, which is already much more, you know, confined than a house in LA would be. And then on top of that, his apartment is being described as particularly small. Like what is going on here? I I know. I'm, I really felt like I was in the twilight zone when I was watching this, which this whole episode, I mean, you go from that, you know, then they get back to the house and they tell Chris and Chris is over the moon excited. And we see, you know, over the course of the next few scenes, it's basically Chris Jenner, Chris Humphreys and Jonathan, because Jonathan is the one that is picking up the ring from Lorraine Schwartz in Manhattan and kind of coordinating the whole thing. And you see them out to lunch together using code names, calling the engagement Operation Pump. Pumpkin, you know, Jonathan's telling them that in order for insurance policies, he has to send it on a Brinks truck and it has to be delivered to a place of business. So now you see Chris racing the Brinks truck to get to Dash before Chloe sees. And like, yeah, was this all very dramatized? Absolutely. But also like there were threads of truth throughout this. It really was happening. I mean, the engagement really was happening. And just watching that process, like I was watching the scene of Chris Humphrey sitting there at the table with Chris Jenner and Jonathan, and they are talking about this engagement ring. And I'm like, POV or Chris Humphrey's like, how confused are you? How did you end up in Calabasas in between Chris Jenner and Jonathan Shevin talking about how your Lorraine Schwartz 15 carat ring is on a truck on its way to dash. And you're trying to beat Chloe in case she's there on her way back from seeing Lamar. Like it, it, it it's such a whirlwind. Jonathan changing his name to food God. When Chris Humphreys got that TMZ notification, that probably put him into a coma for a day. (laughs) Nobody was more confused by Jonathan Shevin than than Chris. Doing your hair has the potential to be such a time-consuming process if you're not using products that really work for you, not as they really work with you. And for me, I'd say generally speaking, my hair is pretty easy to manage, but it does get frizzy. I have a lot of split ends, so... I'm always looking for things to manage the frizz. And recently I've been into a new product from Way. It's their anti-frizz cream. So it's a really lightweight cream. It provides immediate frizz control that lasts up to 72 hours and also heat protection up to 450 degrees. So you're kind of killing two birds with one stone. Then the thing I really like about it is that it helps reduce and repair split ends while quenching dry hair with intense hydration. So you can feel like it just feels good on your hair. For me, I get out of the shower. I always spray in the leave-in conditioner. I've told you guys about that before, but I love it. A little anti-frizz cream and you're good to go. 
I also, I mean, I love a lot of things from Way, but I like their detox shampoo. I don't use that every week, maybe once a week, maybe once every other week, but I feel like it gives my hair a really, really good clean. Frizz free up your schedule with Way. Go to T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com and enter promo code CELEBS for 15% off any product. That's T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com, promo code CELEBS. Apartments.com believes the dishwasher does more than just clean plates. It turns your whole place into a time machine by turning the time you would have spent washing dishes into extra time for you. That could mean more time to read, more time to knit, or more time to contemplate the vastness of time itself. With Apartments.com, finding somewhere to live with an elusive dishwashing slash time-expanding device is easy. And listen, we all have our non-negotiables in terms of what we really want when looking for an apartment. I know for me, natural light has always been really important. I just know myself and I am a happier person when I have that natural light throughout the day. And I also told myself that in my next place, I will definitely have a washer and dryer because... You just can't beat that convenience. And I know it can be hard to find, but when you find it, I think it is so worth it. Apartments.com hosts the most rental listings with over 1 million available units. And with comprehensive search tools and instant alerts, you never have to worry about missing out on the perfect place. To find whatever you're searching for and more, visit apartments.com, the place to find a place. Wait, what we have to talk about is Okay, so, you know, Chris and Chris, they're working behind the scenes to make this whole thing happen, whatever. The morning of what was supposed to be the proposal, Chris is at Kim's house. They're in her bedroom. And Kim's like, babe, I really want to talk to you about something. Do you remember when you met Brody and his girlfriend, Avril? Talk about Brody Jenner and Avril Levine. She goes, this is a dead serious question. She's selling her house. It's eight bedrooms, 12,000 square feet, gated community, Bel Air. I think it's perfect for me, for us. I think we should get it together because I need help paying for it. It's very expensive. And you see Chris just kind of totally thrown off by this whole thing. Number one, I think he's thrilled with the house that Kim currently has. Second of all, the idea of that just feels way too grand for him. But we did our own little research for a second because it was just so funny that Avril Levine was being brought up in this episode while we were just having the conversation about Avril and Tyga and Brody and Mod Son and how that all connects. So Listen to this. You guys are going to get a fucking kick out of this. The house that Kim is talking about there in this episode in 2011, that was Avril Lavigne's house in Bel Air. She eventually sold that house to Chris Paul, none other than Chris Paul, the man that Kanye was accusing Kim of having an affair with or seeing after their divorce. She sold that to Chris Paul for eight and a half million. Okay. It's 12,000 square feet, eight bedrooms, a pool, a hot tub, wine cellar, and a gym. Just as a little fun fact This was the same house that Travis Barker lived in when he was filming his show, Meet the Barkers, in 2005. Like, do you realize the amount of webs that can be drawn from that one comment Kim made to Chris Humphreys in a 2011 proposal episode about Avril Lavigne's house? I can't believe how this timing worked out for us to be having this conversation about not just Brody and Avril Lavigne dating, but Kim wanting to buy Avril Lavigne's house and... Travis Barker having previously lived in Avril Lavigne's house all while having the conversation about Avril Lavigne and Tyga. Like that is some incredible timing. And the Chris Paul element of it. <laughs> all roads lead to Kardashians. All roads lead to the fucking Kardashians. Put that on my grave. But okay, so they are now on their way to Malibu for this proposal or what would have been the proposal. And you see that in the car ride there, they start to have these conversations where I think Chris starts to panic a little bit. Again, yes, this was dramatized. Take it all with a grain of salt. But I do believe that this was a genuine conversation because what I think was happening is that on some level, Chris 
knew and was aware of the differences in their values when it came to money and spending and all of that. But I think he kind of downplayed it, almost like turned a blind eye as a way to commit to this relationship. And when Kim's talking about the way that she views his New York apartment and when she's talking about kind of what she desires for her life financially, I think that that was like a moment where it was just so glaring for him that he couldn't ignore it of like, wait, we are not on the same page here. And for her as well, you know, for different reasons, but for her as well, like who wants to sign up to a lifetime of just constant judgment from your partner? Here's the thing. Like all of the aspects of what makes them different in terms of their values materialistically are all really, really valid, important parts of why they were never going to work out. But here's the main thing. The main reason they were never, ever going to work is because Chris simply didn't believe in Kim. All of this conversation about material goods comes back to the fact that Chris, in his heart of hearts, believes that he is going to be the one footing the bill for everything that Kim wants in life. There's no part of Chris Humphreys that is sitting here in this car having this fight with Kim that's going and rationalizing in his own head, like, you know what, I'm going to be okay. We are going to keep our finances separate, but it's going to be okay because Kim is going to make a fuck ton of money. Like her trajectory of earning is, is crazy. I'm going to be retired in a couple of years. Eventually I'm going to have to live off of Kim. Like the fact that Chris Humphreys did not see Kim's value and Chris Humphreys did not see Kim's potential for earning is the biggest issue in their relationship. Because I'll tell you one thing, Kanye, who obviously entered this relationship with way more money than Kim had at the time, knew what Kim's earning potential was going to be. He knew that the two of them together was go- were going to create a fucking empire. Chris was sitting there in this car freaking out because he assumed that Kim would have nothing one day. Right. I mean, that is the the one thing that you do have to give Kanye in terms of really seeing her vision and seeing what her presence could really turn into, you know, solely from a monetary perspective, aside from anything else. And that is, it's a very important, you know, element to the conversation. That being said, because I agree with you, that's like definitely the biggest number one. But even if Chris Humphreys had an awareness of Kim's earning potential, even if he said, you know what, 10 years down the line, she's going to be a billionaire. I still don't think that would have been an overly comforting thought to him because you can't change someone's mindset, whether or not the money is there or not. Of course, when the money's not there, then it just really adds stress to an environment. But if you have a fundamental opposition to the way that someone spends money or you just cannot get on board with what you view to be such excess, like it will still be bothersome to you even if the money is there. You know what I mean? Right. Of course. But I guess just looking at this specific fight that they're having in terms of money where like Chris says to her, like, we're going to have no money. Like you are going to spend all of our money. We're keeping our bank account separately for the sake of like having any sort of financial security. Like I have a path in life and you are not going to fuck that up. I have in the back of my head, so clear as day, Chris saying to Kim, what do you mean you don't want to move to Minnesota? Like, I hate to break it to you, but in a couple of years, no one's going to know who you are. Like, Chris had zero belief in Kim and what she was doing and her career. And even if in his mind it wasn't translating, like, monetarily, like, that's not the aspect of it that he was thinking of, he didn't believe in her enough to even think that there was a relevancy there. Yes. Well, that's the other thing. He, you know... It's so interesting because yes, like everything you said, he didn't believe in it, but he also didn't fully understand it. Like, I don't think he had any idea of what this could turn into. I don't think he fully got what Kris Jenner was building. You know what I mean? It, it, It wasn't computing for him. And so even if he wanted to try to get on board, I genuinely think like the vision wasn't one that he could access. 
He saw Kim as a reality star. He saw Kim as a reality star, which, by the way, she was and she is. <laughs> At the core of it, she still is. She's just a reality star that also happens to have a lot of other very successful businesses. But wait, so they get to dinner, right? And, you know, Chris Jenner and Jonathan are both thinking that Chris is going to propose. So they're kind of, you know, on eggshells and the dinner goes over pretty well. They all meet Chris's sister for the first time, but he doesn't end up proposing. He felt that the energy was a little bit off. And the rest of the evening passes, he decides not to do it. And then next day or a few days down the line, he decides this is when he's going to propose in her bedroom like we were talking about in the beginning of the episode. And kind of any cold feet or any concerns he had, he talks it over with his sister. He feels that, you know, he is sure about this. Kim is the one for him. And like we said in the beginning, he sets up rose petals in her bedroom. He gets down on one knee. She walks in. We've now learned from these court documents obtained by Life and Style. Apparently, this scene was reshot. But Kim walks in in coincidentally, a white dress. She is completely shocked. She says yes. And, you know, we're about to see the three-part wedding special play out. But what a 22 minutes of television. No, this episode was really a ride. Like in the course of 22 minutes, we got Chris Humphreys asking for permission, Chris Humphreys obtaining the ring with Chris and Jonathan Chabon. We got them getting into a fight and Chris rethinking the entire thing and then having a dinner where he was supposed to propose Chris Jenner giving him dagger eyes the entire meal because she knows he's supposed to be proposing and then he's not doing it him talking to his sister and saying like he potentially doesn't want to do it and her reassuring him that he thinks that she's the one and then him proposing and all of that took place within 22 minutes and I know you're saying well it's a show they obviously cut a lot out it's a longer period of time obviously not all of this happened in 22 minutes would this happen in the course of 4 days yeah i i don't know i mean even even if we want to say a week i don't know why i'm getting stressed about it cuz like we know exactly how this plays out like yes the sh- if i was watching this in the moment like the stress is super valid because we know it's not going to go well but like it's done with and yet i feel this incredible amount of stress where I'm like, Kim, Chris, neither of you should be doing this. But like, it's so far in the past. The craziest part of this whole thing is the next day when they go to Chris Jenner's house for this barbecue and Kim walks in wearing the engagement ring. Like she is wearing a massive $2 million Lorraine Schwartz engagement ring on her hand. Obviously people start to realize it. And Chris Humphrey's reaction for some reason, I guess it was out of nerves. It's like, no, 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 it's, it's just a joke. It's not for real. And so you have the family like on ice waiting to congratulate Kim. And then Chris Humphreys is saying that it's fake. And Kim is like, no, 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 guys, it's real. And <laughs> Chloe's like, say Bible, say Bible right now. And so then they have to convince the family like, no, this engagement is actually real. And you see, you know, they're excited, but they're just as shocked as the rest of us. If that's the reaction you get from your family, like I, I wish that before the wedding, Kim had to sit down and watch that scene be replayed and say like, okay, are you 100% sure you want to go through with this? Please just relive this moment one more time of like what was supposed to be the most exciting moment of your life, going to your family and telling them that you're engaged and look at the way that and not just they are reacting, but also you and Chris are reacting. Like, are you sure you want to do this? Because like that scene alone is enough to make her be like, whoa. Like, I was 100% wrong about this. <laughs> My absolute favorite line from this episode is when Chris Jenner brings out the mini horses because Chris Humphreys had made the comment jokingly, like, I only want to do this if we can have mini horses. So <laughs> Chris Jenner brings out the mini horses and everyone's like, what's going on? And Kim's like, well, Chris said that he really wanted to see a mini horse. And Scott's like, well, Lamar could have just pulled his pants down. No, you and I fucking lost it at that. That is like an underrated all-time Scott great. 
I, I literally storied that clip on my personal because I just thought it was so funny because you see Lamar. It wasn't like he said it and Lamar wasn't there. Lamar fully reacted to it and was cracking up. Oh, my God. That fucking killed me. <laughs> you know what? Um, going back to the conversation we were having on Tuesday's episode about the Tristan birthday post, which I promise I won't get into now. The Scott of it all is also what's upsetting me about it. Like, how are you going to give, as Chris Jenner, going to give Tristan Thompson a 10-slide story and Scott nowadays gets, like, nothing? Like, a, one post. Are you fucking kidding me? No. I know, Julie. It is so upsetting. Although, we got so many responses of people thinking that the rant at the end was also therapeutic to listen to because it, it definitely was like for us to get it out specifically for you. Like I was so happy that you did that. And I think people felt the same way. Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> well, you guys, this was a ride. I mean, we still have the three part wedding special, which we will, I guess we'll start to get into next week, but this is just a really fun thing to be on board. with. I can't wait for the wedding. <laughs> Okay, well, we love you guys. Thank you for listening. Thank you for letting us do this. And we'll see you soon. So I'm a big fan of transparency across all aspects of life. Like generally speaking, there's pretty much nothing I wouldn't rather be told straight up. But specifically when I'm buying something or paying for a service, I just want to know what I'm getting myself into. And oftentimes there can be so much nonsense or so much yada yada For example, sneaky terms hidden in the fine print of contracts or bills that randomly go up without properly alerting you or budget airlines with cheap fares, but then exorbitant fees to make up for it elsewhere. And we just should not need to be dealing with this type of yada yada in our lives. And yes, you could read every single word of every single contract and that's one way of avoiding it. Or you can go with a trusted brand like Metro by T-Mobile that helps you to get ahead and not pull you back. That's right. You don't take yada yada from life. So don't take yada yada from your wireless provider. Metro by T-Mobile has no contracts, no credit checks, no surprises, and nada, yada, yada, which honestly gives so much peace of mind. Like you shouldn't have to compromise for an okay option with sacrifices when you really deserve that full transparency. Stop by one of over 6,000 Metro stores nationwide.